You're listening to the Alpha Wolf Podcast. This is Sergeant Major Rose, Wolf 7, and we're here today to talk about a subject that I've been asked about several times since I've been in here. It's probably one of the top subjects that has been talked about for you know the, the three months that I've been here, and it's block leave and what's going to happen at block leave. So what I've done is I've, I've invited a guest, Captain Alfred. He is the brigade engineer and he's been the lead planner for our winter block leave and he's here to talk to us a little bit about it so captain alford go ahead and introduce yourself thank you sergeant major so i uh, like the sergeant major said i am captain chandler alford the brigade planner and the lead for the winter block leave plan uh so i am here to answer any questions in regards to that provide some insight on what the staff has been doing uh where we are with the current order where we plan to be moving forward. I know there's a lot of people out there who still have questions, even though the order has been published. Uh, very good questions, though, so we're hoping to address those today. Okay, so before we get into the questions, I just want to talk to I want to talk to the audience about block leave and what we think about up here at the headquarters about the the situation that's going on inside of the brigade right now. So. When I first came in, you know, we went, uh, the, the senior leaders of the brigade went and sat down and talked about how this brigade was going to move forward. And, and it was this summer that we sat down and a subject that came up was winter block leave and how important winter block leave was. And I took a note. I know Wolf 6 also took note and uh, we came back and had several discussions about how we were going to do this. One thing that I'd like everybody to know first off is we have not been trying to hide anything. If it seems as if the brigade has not been communicating about block leave, it's because we didn't want to say anything, anything that was going to be wrong. So me and Wolf 6 have talked several times about block leave and what it needs to look like and how important it is for this organization to be able to take some leave and what that leave looks like. And uh, so we're going to go through a couple questions that uh, we've received and Captain Alfred is going to give us some, <clears throat> some information and hopefully this communicates what, what we're doing up here and letting everybody know that we're not trying to hide anything. We're trying to be transparent. There's just some information. Uh, there's some information that we're, that we felt if we tried to push it out in any other means and had to pull it back, it would have been even worse. So we'll, we'll talk about what we've been doing up here and try to give everybody uh, some kind of context about what leave looks like. So. Captain Alfred, could you first try to explain what leave looks like right now? Sure. All right, Sergeant Major. So the way we're looking at it right now is there is a dedicated two-week block leave period. Um, that is effectively from December 19th, 2020 to January 3rd, 2021. What we've done right now is we have effectively protected those two weeks from any and all operations. So decisively 
working on the NTC outload plan, there's no outload during that time. There's no tips. There's no rail. Um, there's no training. So we've done we've done our best with that. Before that, though, there's a couple things that have to be complete in order to get through block leave. It's it's no different than for people who have been in in the army for a while at different units. You know, you've got some closeout criteria, evals, awards, that sort of thing. But then also much larger operations like the NTC outload plan uh, for both before and during. Uh, or not during, I'm sorry, before and after the block leave period. Uh, but one thing that I, I want to make sure before we go forward is uh, understanding what exactly that means. So when I say protect block leave period, it's really protecting like what I just said, training and major outlet operations. There's still some things that have to happen in the rear, uh, as we're calling it, the rear detachment, um, that just that can't stop from the nature of being in the Army. Um, the ACP guards is one example the staff duties is an example, stuff like that. And so communicating exactly what that entails has been a main effort as part of this planning. Uh, we think we've done a good job of laying it out, what that looks like. Um, so that way it's, it's as the Sergeant Major said, very transparent as to what is, what is still required. Uh, we've spent hours, days uh, talking amongst each other what that effectively looks like. And I, I think from my perspective, I'd like to give an example. So for people who have seen the Netflix show House of Cards. Earlier in that, in that show, uh, the president had initiated a program called America Works. And here his statement was, if you want a job, you can have one. And that's how I see this block leave. If you want to go on block leave, you can go. In order to make that happen, we have to do deliberate planning for before, during, and after the block leave period. Uh, so I, that is effectively what it looks like. And the last thing I'll say about what it looks like is also, and we'll talk about it more, is the 14-day ROM period. So as of right now, uh, none of that has changed. Everyone still has to go through 14 days of ROM after they've come back from being out of state. Um, in full transparency, that plan has not been approved, and it hasn't really been flushed out. Once it is get approved, you know, we absolutely promise that we'll push it out as quickly and fast as we can to make sure people are knowing what's going to happen once they get back into the state. So that 14-day ROM period is going to be right after the block leaves, so the 4th of January to the 17th. Uh, and then right after that, we'll go straight into normal brigade operations. So that's the basic laydown, Sergeant Major. So the plan that, we're, that we have to look at, plans for, it's a plan that is designed around the current state that we're in right now, meaning the current state of COVID that we're in uh, right now is how we've had to lay this plan out. That's why we're talking about a 14-day ROM because that is what the, that's the current status of what we'd have to do. So that's the way that we have to lay the plan out. Um, so conditions can change. Is there anything that you can say about that? Absolutely. So. Um Sergeant Major nailed it straight on the head. Conditions can change. Uh, I believe that we have a say in that. If we continue to do what General Order 1 says, if we continue to enforce those protection measures, wearing a mask at all times, six feet distance apart from each other, that's going to protect your block leave. I, I think it's really ironic uh, that this is the block leave plan because – Block leave isn't really the problem set that we're looking at. It's everything surrounding block leave. How we take care of and suppress COVID, that's going to affect block leave. How we plan NTC, that's how, how we're going to affect block leave. 
Um, so I, I think that's absolutely right is we got to continue to, you know, be aware that, hey, if the COVID situation changes, that's going to change how we affect block leave. But like I said, I, I think that we as a formation have a say in that if we continue to do the right thing, we will absolutely be uh, creators of our own destiny and be able to protect our own block leave. As we get new stuff, we'll, we'll obviously, you know, let people know. That's that's sort of where our head's at right now. And so I want to highlight something that you said, you know, talking about general order number one and following everything that happened or everything that's laid out in general order number one. Number one, that shows uh, that shows discipline inside of our unit. And if we continue to show discipline, then we show our higher headquarters that we're able to uh, we're able to do things that they may be uncomfortable with us doing if we're not showing that level of discipline. So I, I agree with you absolutely and want to highlight and you know tell the audience, make sure that we are following this general order number one, make sure we're following all of the COVID mitigations that have been laid out to us. If we have lapses in that general order, then we're going to we're going to reduce the possibility of us being able to do things, and I'm not saying necessarily block leave, but things like block leave that we want to. So continue to be disciplined about general order number one, but it also leads to another topic that I'd like you to talk about, and it's general order number one and what that looks like for leave. When I'm signed out on leave, does general order number one all of a sudden not apply to me? Absolutely not. So to be to be clear across the board, these general orders affect the soldier and not the location. So if you choose to go out of state for leave, you are still under uh, general order number one. You can't go out to restaurants. You have to maintain six feet apart, uh, you know, while also still following the guidelines of the state or location that you'll ultimately be going to. And, and, you know, I, I think that it's not just the general order that the formation should be worried or concerned about when they go out of state. In, in more of a sense of, oh, if I don't do this, then I'm going to get in trouble. It's to protect the soldiers and it's to protect your block leave. So when we say don't go out to restaurants, or I'm, I'm sorry, not me, but when the general order says don't go to restaurants, maintain six feet, wear your mask at all times, it's to not only protect the soldiers – uh, and those of you out there listening from the virus, but it's also to protect your block leave. So again, as we discussed beforehand, if there's a change in the COVID situation uh, in the negative direction, you know, there's a chance that across the board, we may not be able to take leave. That could be an army directive. It could be an Alaska directive. We just, the uncertainty of that, you know, we just, we just don't know. But the way to protect that is by following the general order. So to answer the Sergeant Major's point, if you go out of leave, you still have to maintain the general order. All right. So one of the uh, one of the questions that's been asked the most, and I think we've kind of answered it, but I want I want to be absolutely clear. And you know, I'd like you to to talk through this. People want to know if they're allowed to go to the lower 48 for leave. So can you talk through where people can go for leave and what they need to do to go any specific place? Sure, Sergeant Major. So. As, as much as I would love to personally say, yes, you can go to leave to X location, I am not a commander. So ultimately, it is up to uh, the command teams to decide what that entails. Uh, from the brigade's perspective, um, if you as a listener want to go to Las Vegas to go on the Strip, if you want to go to uh, the beaches in Florida, if you want to go to 
uh, overseas to Europe, you know, it, it's, it's not really a matter of you cannot go to this location. It's a matter of you explaining to your chain of command why you want to go to your location. So I'll give you an example of a discussion that I had with a company commander yesterday. So there's someone who has family that is in uh, Africa. And so the conversation becomes, okay, so what is, what is that country's COVID situation? What are they going to do to mitigate the measures uh, if they're going there? And it ultimately becomes the company commander's decision if that soldier can go on leave. Uh, and the way that we're viewing it is that if, the, if that commander brings that soldier situation to the battalion commander and sells it saying, hey, this soldier, I'm recommending to go on leave to this country, this city, this state uh, because of X, Y, and Z, then that battalion commander will look at that and say, okay, I'm going to recommend yesterday to the brigade commander. And what I will tell you what Wolf 6 has told us is he is entrusting that battalion and company leadership to make that call. Um, in no way is he saying, you know, oh, I'm banning, you know, for example, Minnesota, Ohio, and Washington for whatever reason. He has made it very clear that he is entrusting your leadership to be able to look at those justifications. Uh, I think that's a wonderful way to look at it. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating than having somebody, you know, four or five levels above you say no, and you just don't understand why because maybe they don't understand the full situation. So I, I think this is an excellent plan uh, for those listeners out there. If you do want to go to a high-risk area, if you do want to go international, uh, make sure that you have all the information you need. Present your case to your commander, uh, and I think whatever comes out will be, will be best for everyone. And again, we're talking through what the environment is right now. And I want to make this clear. I, I want to kind of lay this out a little bit so people understand. For you to go to a high-risk area for leave, it takes Wolf-6's approval. So that doesn't necessarily mean that regardless of where you want to go, that that's going to make it up to Wolf-6. You... You're going to take your location and you're going to brief your chain of command on it first. And it's going to go all the way through your chain of command to Wolf 6. And at each one of those levels, somebody can take a look at where you're going and go, ah, I don't think that's a smart place to go and not approve you to go to that location. So understand talking to everybody's chain of command, talking to all the battalion commanders of battalion CSMs, Everybody wants everybody to be able to go on leave, and we really want people to be able to go where they want to on leave, but we need to understand that the environment in the world right now isn't necessarily the environment where leave is, where going to the Las Vegas Strip is necessarily a <clears throat> great leave plan. A great leave plan right now for me is to Find a place in the lower 48 where you can go see your family, your friends, and be able to spend time and relax and recharge. So that brings me to another topic that I want you to talk through. So when people go down to the lower 48 right now, there are COVID mitigations that are in place in, in the states that people have to follow when they fly in from uh, another area. So, for instance, in other places, you have to quarantine. So what does that look like for our guys who are going on leave? Uh, so I would say that that is one that we are still staffing. That, that has definitely come up. You know, hey, I, I can't think of a state off the top of my head, but, you know, hey, a soldier wants to go to a state. That state requires you to go through a 14-day quarantine 
before you can you can go out. I mean, that's 14 days you're having to stay in a hotel or family's house or whatever, uh, and not going out and enjoying that location. Uh, there's questions that have come up as, you know, am I going to be charged to leave? Uh, will I be able to have an extended time down there and go past the brigade's block leave so that I can enjoy my family? Uh, and in full transparency, we don't have the answers. Uh, we are making sure that we are doing the right thing and providing guidance that is uh, morally, ethically, and uh, legally correct so there, there is more to follow. Um, and, and with that, I'll say that there are other RFIs out there where I know soldiers you know, ask the question, there's an answer, and they're not satisfied with the answer. And uh, I, do, I totally get it. I'm very empathetic. But as the Sergeant Major said, what we don't want to do is steer everyone in the wrong direction and then and then pull you back. Um, it's just not only safer for the formation, but also so you're not buying $1,200 plane tickets and then having to, to pull that back out. And so basically, people have to really look at the location that they're going to on leave because we're we we can't underwrite a state's rules. It, exactly, and and so that that's the concern. The concern is you'll have to take a look at your location, and that's why up here at the headquarters, Will Six has made it clear that he is not explicitly giving hard no's to locations. To because to be honest with you, there are states that are saying hard no's, right? So we may say you can go to this state, uh, but be advised, you'll have to be quarantined for 14 days. And then you might want to take a relook. Well, maybe I don't want to go there for leave. Maybe I want to go somewhere else or maybe even stay in state. Uh, so that way I don't have to have to deal with that. And I know that there's some people out there who might want to want to consider that. But for those of you who want to go out uh, and go to a location that requires a 14 day quarantine, we are still trying to figure out how how to handle that. Okay, so there are some people here who have taken leave before. There are some people here who have probably never taken leave ever in their in their time frame. And taking leave now is different because there's an extra step that needs to be taken for your leave to happen. And that's really the exception to policy. And so or ETP for if you guys don't understand what ETP means, it's it, it's an exception to policy. And so we have to have exceptions to policies approved before people can take leave. So having said that, I just want to I want to put it out there. You should not be buying plane tickets until your exception to policy has been approved. And you know, different exceptions to policies are approved at different levels. Can you talk through that? Sure. So as of right now, the the way that Wolf 6 and your battalion commanders are, are handling it. And Sergeant Major Rose brought this up earlier. Uh, if you're going to a high-risk COVID area, uh, the approving authority is Colonel Phillips. For low and medium risk, that is your battalion commanders. But I do want to back up a little bit in case there's people out there who, who don't maybe have a grip on, well, why, why are we doing ETPs? Why is there a whole process? As of right now, the Alaska policy is Nobody can go on leave and no, nobody can go TDY. That is, that is the policy. Recognizing that that's, that puts a danger to both the force and our mission in order to accomplish what we need to accomplish as a unit, the exception of policy process was created. And so, for example, if somebody needs to go to a school or they need to go TDY to link up with adjacent units or higher headquarters, that might warrant a, a, a plane trip. So in order to do that, we submit an exception to the policy. Hey, I need to go do this in order to fulfill my mission set. And then depending on who the approving authorities, they say yes or no, and to make sure mitigations are in place for COVID. Now, 
that's a very short explanation to a very complicated process, but that's the whole reason that we have to do this. Current policy does not allow people to just leave like they did before COVID. And so by creating this policy, or I'm sorry, creating this process, this gives people a chance in this case to go on leave. So the way that the ETP approval process works is if you are going to a high risk COVID area, state, country, what have you, uh, that is approved by Wolf 6. For those low and medium risk, that is approved by your battalion commanders. Uh, and the way that you find out is there is a website out there. You can Google ARCGIS, A-R-C-G-I-S, and there are maps out there that will show you, hey, you know, you click on a state. In some cases, you can actually click on counties in lower 48 and see what the situation down there. For those commanders out there, you have your advantage tool to be able to look and confirm uh, what the situation is down there. And so ultimately, you know, if you were approved at that level, you're, you're good to go. Uh, one question I did have come up on the net is who is signing these DA31s? Um, and I think that's a really good question because there was some confusion with that. So the way you can think about it is there's two documents. There's your normal DA31, right, that you use for regular leave that hasn't changed, that is uh, signed by the appropriate approving authority. So in most cases, it's your company commander. Obviously, in the, in the outline cases of ETS, PCS, there's different approval authorities, but 90% of the time, it's going to be your company commander. What Star Major Rose is talking about is this ETP. That is where your battalion commander and rule six come in. So if you're going to, let's just say a moderate risk area, you have your DA31, which is signed by your company commander, and you have this ETP, which is signed by your battalion commander. If you're going to a high risk, it's Wolf six. Those are effectively the two documents that will allow you to go on leave. And as Star Major said, you know, there, there's some risk associated with buying your plane ticket. So I will tell you, I have been in active army for eight years, I am, you know, for me, I'm actually not going out of state, uh, but I want to make sure that those of you that do want to go out of state are afforded that opportunity, which is why we're putting so much work into this. But I know if I wanted to go out of state, I know what those intricacies are of me buying a plane ticket right now. For those of you who may be new to the Army, new to the formation, you may not want to take that risk, and, and that's absolutely fine. In fact, that's what we would encourage you to do is to not take that risk of losing that money in the event that the COVID situation changed. And, and that's why what we have communicated on the battalions is that we, we want to encourage you to take a look at what flight insurance looks like. We're not telling you to buy it. We're not ordering you to buy it. But what we want you to do is take a look at what that looks like. Some airlines actually will help you out if the COVID situation changes. You know, you buy a ticket, you can't go and leave because the COVID change, they may, you know, waive the fees. But then for some other airlines, they may use another insurance company. You have to go through the process. And I, I know it might sound a little uh, tedious and painful, but I personally have had to go through a similar situation when I was stationed at Fort Hood and had to use flight insurance. You just talk to them, tell them what's going on, you know, give them some documentation, and you'll be good to go. So the point is, if you want to buy your tickets now because you are afraid that they might go up or what have you, there is risk associated with that. There is, there is a chance that those ETPs would not be approved. And so what we expect up here at the brigade level is to have your rosters by November 16th. And I would say without actually speaking on behalf of Rule 6, that I would say after uh, November 16th, once you've gotten the go ahead, it would be safe to buy tickets. But again, I would wait until you actually have received confirmation from your chain of command that you are good to go to receive those tickets. Yeah, and so something that I, I want to let the group know is, we, you know, we say we can say 
it's safe to buy those tickets. But the bottom line is, is the environment, like we said before, the environment can change and the environment is constantly changing. And what's high risk today may not be high risk tomorrow, but the reverse can happen. And what's not high risk today can be high risk tomorrow. So these ETPs that we have for these high risk areas or, or for these non high risk areas may turn into high risk areas. And there may be areas that turn so high risk that we are not going to be able to let somebody go. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, regardless if you have the ETP signed or not, we're in an environment that you may want to look at flight insurance regardless of when you buy it, regardless if you have an ETP approved or not, because I don't believe that we're going to be able to tell you up until you fly on your plane with 100% certainty that you're going to be able to go. With every step that we take, there will be a higher possibility that you'll be able to go, and we're 100% pushing to make sure everybody gets out on leave. But we would like you to take a look at flight insurance, regardless of when you buy your ticket, just in case, because the worst thing that could happen is you spend a whole bunch of money on a plane ticket, and you can't get paid back for it. So we've got these guys in 1.5 that have this specific mission set. Um, so leave may look a little bit different for them. Can you explain what leave looks like for the Bobcat Battalion? Sure. So um, I, I think that the way to think about it is the, the Bobcat's mission set is no different than the other battalion's rear detachment requirements that I talked a little bit about before. Um, so it, it just comes down to that deliberate planning beforehand of identifying you know, who has the requirement of staying back to be able to accomplish the certain tasks that brigade has to do during the block leave period, who can go on leave during some periods. And, and in some cases, which, you know, I would say is uh, probably more than, um, than people originally think, is that people might have to take their leave outside of the block leave period in order to accomplish some of those mission sets. And so for uh, Bobcat specifically, uh, I have spoken to the operations cell for that battalion, uh, and they have let us know that they are actively working on it. They are making sure that those soldiers are afforded the opportunity to take leave when they want, when they intend to, while still maintaining the ability to conduct their very specific mission set. Uh, but as I said, I, I would propose that it's going to be the same across the board. So if your battalion has those rear detachment requirements like mystic support or DFAC operations and so forth, you're in the same boat. you got to figure out what you need to do and then plan your leave around it. And if it has to be outside of the block leave, you have to sell that to your chain of command uh, and bring it up. And I will tell you that of all the commanders I've talked to, they're very flexible when, when it comes to that. So if you have, you know, hey, I want to take block leave from, you know, the second and third week of December so that I can fulfill these tasks during the block leave window, they'll be more than flexible to uh, handle that situation with you. You just got to make sure that you look at that uh, and bring it up. You bring something interesting to the surface that I think some people don't understand, and maybe we can explain it here. It's not as if nobody could take leave right now. So could you talk through if so, so for instance, if somebody needed to, take leave next week, they possibly could, right? Absolutely. They, they, they possibly could. They would just need to go through the, the entirety of the process. So we developed these block leaves so the unit 
can actually go into a different posture while everybody takes leave. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people can't take leave at different at different times. And that's kind of what we're talking about with Bobcat. Can you talk about that? Exactly, Star Major. So, you know, just just as a as a reminder, um, your your leave is approved by your company commanders, as I said before, ninety percent of the time. Um, so if you want to take leave, as Star Major says, tomorrow uh, for however many days, you know that is, that is a discussion with your chain of command. The block leave period does not black out dates for people not to take leave to the left or right of those dates. Uh, as Sergeant Major Rose said, the block leave period is to ensure that the brigade is in posture to afford that opportunity for soldiers to go home for the Christmas holiday, the New Year's holiday, or any other holiday you and your family might celebrate during that time period as protected dates. So if you want to take leave outside of that block leave period, um, it is absolutely not a no. Um, it is a discussion. Why are you taking block leave outside the block leave period? Well, I want to take block leave at this time because I have a family situation where I need to see them earlier, or hey, I recognize that um, I might need to accomplish this task and it might interfere with some of the ROM dates, so I want to take block leave, and I'm okay with that. That is absolutely acceptable, and in fact, for, for those of you who that might be the situation, I commend you for looking ahead and deliberately planning that. Um, all you're doing is setting yourself and the brigade up for success, and, and I think that's excellent work on your part and what makes the Arctic Wolf Formation a great organization to work for. Yep, and so I just want to be clear that if you did want to take block leave outside of that window, it's a discussion with your chain of command. We're not saying that you're going to be approved. There are definitely you know, other missions that need to be accomplished that need to be looked at. And if you're looking at taking leave outside of the block leave window, it's going to be scrutinized a little bit more than if you were trying to take leave inside the block leave window. And what that means is people are going to look at what the unit has going on, what your, you know, all the way down to maybe even your squad has going on. And if taking leave during that time frame doesn't fit in with the mission, then they're probably not going to allow you to take leave during that time frame. So they're, they're going to look at it a little bit differently if you try to take it outside of the block leave window. And that's what we're talking about. It, it, it doesn't mean that you can't take leave at that time, but what it means is it's going to be looked at a little bit differently. And if you decide to take block leave during the block leave window, then all of those other scrutinies are going to go away because the organization has basically, you know, taken the organizational energy down to the lowest possible form uh, to allow as many people as we possibly can out on leave. All right, so we're about to go on block leave. And so we have this entire, you know, brigade filled with people, you know, it's like 4,700 some odd people in the brigade. And we have probably more than 50% of them that are going to want to go to the lower 48. But we have one airport in Fairbanks that flies them out. So I know we've done some things uh, at the brigade level to help with flights. Can you talk about that? Sure. So um, 
for those of you who are new to Fairbanks, uh, Sergeant Major Rose is talking about the Fairbanks International Airport that only has effectively four gates. Um, as me personally, someone who flies Alaska Air a lot, there's only three flights that effectively go out per day. And as Sergeant Major said, if you're talking about half the formation going out on block leave outside of the state, uh, that can get overwhelming. We have made contact with Delta Airlines and Alaska Airlines specifically. Uh, gave them uh, a warning order that, hey, this is happening. These are the dates. And so one of two things are going to happen. What would be great, which has happened in the past, is they will come back and say, hey, we are adding flights specifically for your soldiers. You know, not a promise, but that is, that is something that the airlines are considering. Or what's most likely going to happen is once you start buying your tickets, they're going to realize what the demand is, and they're just going to start adding more flights during that month or two uh, as you go out of state and then come back into state. Of the eight years that I've been in the Army and have gone through eight iterations of block leave, I have never run into a situation where an airport was overwhelmed or somebody couldn't get a plane ticket. You know, Maybe you're not going to get the plane ticket you want. Maybe your flight leaves at zero two, uh, but you will have a plane ticket. So we are, we are still actively working on that. And then when we come out with the first change to the order, I expect that we will have answers from those airlines. Okay, so we've talked about what leave looks like. We talked about getting out on leave. Now, can you talk about what it's going to look like on the back end when somebody comes back to Fort Wainwright? Right, right, Sergeant Major. So I think this is the most common question, at least from my foxhole, that has come up. What do we do for the 14 days of wrong? And so as a reminder, uh, when you come home, regardless of if you take a test or not and if you test negative, you still have to go through 14 days of being in ROM status. Uh, and there was a lot of confusion with that and what it looks like. Uh, it is not a true quarantine. So for those of you who came back home from OIR, uh, you were under a strict quarantine. The 14-day ROM post-block leave period is a little bit more lax. Uh, you can go outside of your building and stay within the immediate vicinity and do PT. You can get to go from uh, the DFAC if you live on post. Um, if you live off post, only going to those facilities to get touchless food. Um, so ordering on your app and then going up to the, that specific parking spot and then having it give to you and not going into the restaurant. Uh, so a little bit more lax than a normal quarantine, but it is still, you have to stay in vicinity of your residence. And I know, I know there's concerns about out there about the soldiers who are in barracks that have community latrines. And, you know, again, in full transparency, we do not have a full flushed out plan yet. Uh, but the reason is because we think we have a way to where everyone uh, can, you know, enjoy this time period, even if you are not taking leave, uh, and not feel like you're punished for doing one thing or the other. So if you, you go out of state, and you come back and you go somewhere that's, you know, not your home in your barracks room, you know, soldiers could feel that you were being punished because you went on leave. We absolutely don't want people to feel that way. So what we're trying to do is figure out what that looks like. Uh, we'll tell you the biggest constraint that has been given to us by our higher headquarters is we cannot mix people who are in ROM status with people who are not in ROM status if you are using a community latrine. Uh, I recognize that affects a very specific population for those who, who live in those community latrine barracks. And so we're still figuring out what that looks like. But I will tell you that once block leave comes around, we will absolutely have a plan and it will not affect 
your travel plans. Uh, and the reason I say that is there was some discussion about there about redoing the Jaber operation. So we had soldiers come home from OAR, quarantine at Jaber for 14 days, and then come back to Wainwright. We are not doing that. That is absolutely something that we cannot support, both in personnel and in uh, the barracks that are that are down there. That adds many requirements, and we don't want to add any more requirements to that. So we're looking at doing that ROM piece here within Wainwright and the Fairbanks area. But that's all we know for now. But what I will tell you is this, is if you're going out of state, if you're staying in state for leave, or you're not taking leave, you will not be punished as such. And we hope that you do not feel that way once the, once the plan comes out. So can you talk about uh, guys who, if guys do not go on leave, so that really we'll have three populations of people, and can you explain what each of them looks like? People who do not go on leave, people who stay in Alaska for leave, and then the people who go to the, go to the lower 48 or some other place for leave. Sure, Sergeant Major. So I think we've talked extensively about those who are going to go out of state. So you'll come back home, you'll do your 14 days of ROM uh, at your residence, uh, and then come back to work once you're done with your 14 days of ROM. Um, then you have the population that is going to take leave within the state. Um, now, if you go somewhere with your family that might be coming in, that's a very specific population that I'll talk about real quick. So if you are here and you have family in the lower 48 that is coming up and you want to you know, take them around Alaska, take them to Chena Hot Springs or Denali or what have you, um, you are effectively under a ROM status with your family. So the state will require your family to come in and take tests and be in that ROM status, and you will be in a very similar situation. So you have to keep that in mind. Uh, for those of you who are not going on leave, um, you know that, that also doesn't necessarily mean that you will be tasked. So if you choose not to go on leave, you are not automatically the target for uh, those rear detachment tasks that I referred to earlier. Uh, but that is something that you'll have to talk to your leadership about. But for all intents and purposes, if you are here and you are not on leave, um, you can uh, travel around the post and the city of Fairbanks as you please while still maintaining the force protection guidance that's outlined in the general order. So, you know, not sitting down at those restaurants, maintaining six feet and, and that sort of thing. Okay, so right now I want to talk to I want to talk to the soldiers of 125 and I want to talk about this leave situation and make sure that everybody understands what my expectations are for this leave period and also the wrong period on the on the backside. So for every soldier in 125 following GO general order number one and making sure that you're following any of the rules of the place that you're going. So if you go to a state and they have a 14-day ROM that you, you fly in and you're doing a 14-day ROM when you when you go to that state, making sure that you're not uh, violating any laws of the land when you go there. All of the stuff that we're talking about, when we talk about ROM, isolation, all of this, it can make people feel disconnected. This is a time period that leaders need to make sure that they are connected with their formation. And you also need to be connected with your battle buddies. So making sure that while we're going through this time frame and while we're going through this experience, that we continue to stay connected. That leaders are doing what they can to make sure they know where their soldiers are at and what they're doing. Making sure they're following GO number one and make sure they're following the law of the land. 
And when we come back to Alaska and we have to do our ROM here on Fort Wainwright, that we're doing the exact same thing. We're making sure that we're not just leaving our soldiers or our battle buddies in their barracks room by themselves to sit for 14 days. We're going to need leaders to be involved. We're going to need people taking care of each other because running for 14 days, especially after you haven't been in your organization for a block leave period, there are going to be things that you're naturally going to need. And so I need leaders to make sure that they're involved. The people who don't go on leave, they're prepared to make sure that we take care of these guys when they come back and go on ROM. So nobody should sit in their barracks room for two weeks and feel like somebody, nobody is taking care of them. We need to make sure that we stay connected, that leaders are doing what leaders are supposed to do uh, when we come back. So I'd just like to recap. Leave is happening. You are able to go to the lower 48. Bobcats are going to have the opportunity to take leave. Make sure that you're following general order number one while you're on leave and make sure you're following the laws of the land. I'd like to thank my guest, Captain Alfred. I'd like to thank the 125 family. And this podcast is supported by viewers and listeners like you.